Ladies and gentlemen, once again, I am 24. This is my podcast, 24's podcast. We are back once again after that absolute disaster. I don't know what that was. Not this weekend, but that last podcast. Yikes. Disaster. I apologize. Moving on. Um, we'll continue the conversation that we had yesterday about certain teams uh, upsetting other teams because yikes this weekend was a absolute disaster for me and my win prediction pause the music I have very high standards I have incredibly high standards and sometimes I let I let my high standards get in the way of reality I checked, you know, my my win loss record, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna, I'm only gonna get like five games right. It's a disaster." I was being incredibly negative. I was like, "I'm, it's hopeless. It's done. I'm gone." And then I checked the uh, the win loss record today, and I'm fifty percent, which is where I've hovered at for like two, I think two weeks, maybe three weeks early on. I'm trying to get to seventy percent consistently which means that i'm just gonna have to go for broke it'll probably not happen this year again by the way four years really three years of doing this and i've never gotten the coveted juicy 60 not 60 70 percent it's like last year my percent uh my success mate success rate excuse me was like 65 percent and i wanted to jump off a building like small margins, ladies and gentlemen, small margins for victory and defeat. But uh, yes, the weekend wasn't that bad for me. It was just a lot of upsets. And do you want to know what was frustrating? So frustrating. Oh my God. If like a couple of the games had gone my way, a couple, a couple. I would have probably had my best weekend, but I think I've said that like, for, <laughs> I think I've said that for like the last three or four weekends, like last weekend before this absolute disaster of a weekend. I was like, I was at like, I, I picked 11 games correctly. I was like, boom, I'm going up. I'm on my, I'm on my way up. I was like, it, it takes, it takes, sometimes it takes me a couple of weeks for adjustments. And then I come crashing back down to reality where I get one of the worst just weekends of football ever in my entire life when it comes to just teams that should win versus teams that don't win. And it was just straight up pick them. Unbossed my music. Jesus Christ. We'll talk about him. As well as Odell Beckham Jr. trending. And I don't know who to trust. I got like some responses, some tweets, things of that nature from sources that I, I just don't know. Pause it again. Usually when I don't know somebody, I usually just assume not to trust them. But then I, I start to dig a little bit and then I'm like, eh, like, we'll see. We'll see. Hold on. Let me change out my shirt, my shirts. The shirt that I'm wearing is like really, really restrictive and tight. It's humid in here. Oh my God. 
Like, I don't need a sweat. I'm like, I'm crossing my legs in my sweat. I'm sweating behind my knees. It's like, what is going on? I gotta, like, I gotta put on something that's not as restrictive. Hold on. Oh, gosh. Sorry about that. But, um, yes, Odell Beckham Jr. is 20. That's so much better. It's like, I'm sweating, I'm hot. I just came out of the shower. Jesus Christ. Anyways, we'll talk about Odell Beckham Jr. We'll talk about kind of Chicago. I don't have really a lot. I don't have any audio uh, clips today to play, but I'll just kind of like talk about the status of two teams that I was absolutely dead set on. I was dead right on Detroit and Chicago. Uh, let me take a victory lap here with those two teams here in a couple of minutes. And then we'll get back into talking about the game day, uh, the, the games that happened this weekend. And we'll look forward to the games that will happen this weekend, as well as predicting whether or not the Cardinals can beat the Saints on Thursday Night Football tomorrow. Can I ask you a question? Are you watching Thursday Night Football? I just, it has been categorically bad. I mean, not categorically bad. That's not the best way to describe it. It has been one of the worst games of the week for years. And it just seems like this year, it has just stepped up in how much it sucked. So I just have, for the most part, stopped watching it. But at the exact same time, it's like tomorrow we have Saints and Cardinals. So I feel like it is an important enough game to watch. But I also to be honest with you, have enjoyed the free time that I've had with not having to watch Thursday Night Football for like the last, I don't know, like two, three weeks, something like that. I don't know. But Jesus, Jesus H. Christ, I fucking hate, fucking hate some of these games. What's going on next week, Thursday, the Thursday night games? Ooh, a good one, Ravens at Bucks. Potentially. Unpause my music. Anyways. Great podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Coming up right here. 24's podcast. What do we got? Jesus Christ. We'll start off with Odell. By the way, every single time I listen to Running Up That Hill now, I mean, it's uh, it's overplayed. I don't want to say it's overplayed, but it's one of those, like, songs that, I mean, we've heard for, like, the last two months, two, three months since, obviously, Stranger Things. But that song makes me want to uh, to go back and... Honestly, it just makes me want to go back and watch the entire series all over again. Oh, my God. By the way, I just... I just gotta fucking say it. How the fuck does Stranger Things not win an Emmy? Like, Succession? I, I gotta... I, you know what? This has been coming for a long time. I, I just, like... Oh, my God. I am so... So annoyed with the Emmys. 
right? Because Stranger Things, to me, which is easy, like, give me a couple minutes on the Emmys, because this has been coming for weeks. The Emmys, I didn't watch this year. I watched the Grammys because of the, uh, the Oscars and just the, just the fucking disaster that was the Oscars. But it's just like, hold on, I'm trying to just like, God, they have their website. By the way, Emmy's website, your website is garbage. I'll, you know what? Garbage, right? I don't want to see one award. I want to see all of the awards in a list. I just, like, I'm on their website. They're like, let's show off one award and all of the nominees. And I'm like, I don't care. I want to see who won. Like, every other website gets it. Every other news outlet gets it besides the actual Emmys. Fucking, like, I'll just go on the Wikipedia page. I'm like, that's how pathetic you are. I will go on the Wikipedia page. Jesus fucking Christ. Anyways. So. Fuck. Fuck me, man. Oh, my God. The fact that, like, I, I love Succession. I love Succession. And we've had some really, really great, great TV shows go on over the last year, right? One of those being Succession. One of those being, like, Better, Call Saul, Euphoria. By the way, Euphoria didn't win shit. I felt like Euphoria... I felt like Euphoria was better than Stranger Things. I haven't seen Better, Call Saul in years because I couldn't watch... I couldn't watch it after the second season. It just... It just bored me, you know? I couldn't watch it. It was, like, one of the only series I couldn't get into. I was just like, I can't get into this. I heard that it was great, the ending, but I was just like... I... I don't know. I, I couldn't fucking get into Better Call Saul. I couldn't fucking get into, um, but I could get into Succession, and I was like, eh, some of the earlier seasons were better, if I'm quite honest with you. There were, like, some shock moments, you know, in Succession, but beyond some of that, I'm like, yeah. Like, the fact that I literally sat through a two-and-a-half-hour-long episode of Stranger Things should tell you everything that you need to know. I don't know how it loses. I don't. Squid Game's lost. Squid Game's lost to Succession. And everybody's like, Succession was a really great season. I'm like, no, it wasn't. I love Succession. Succession is one of my favorite TV shows out right now. Let's get that, like, out of the fucking way. And it's not even close. Out right now, Succession is one of the best TV shows on television. This last season was not better than Euphoria. It was not, be it was not better than the Ozarks. Than Ozark. Wasn't better than Squid Games, and if her damn sure wasn't better than Stranger Things. I, I'm annoyed. Oh my god. Ugh, I'm, I'm so fucking annoying. Annoyed, not annoying, but I'm annoyed. At least Zendaya won, which she 1000% should have won because she was an absolute stud. She fucking knocked it out of the fucking park. What was the other one? I'm, I'm interested in... By the way, shout out to Amanda Seyfried, the, um, the girl from Mean Girls. Oh my god, dude. How awesome is that? That, like, she fucking... She went from the, uh, the girl from Mean Girls to fucking, like, an award-winning actress. Shout out to her. Jesus Christ. 
I also remember her from Ted and how she was like the lawyer that smoked a bunch of weed and stuff like that. But regardless, I'm trying to find, isn't there like an award? What is it? Like um, an award for animated series, like best animated series. I feel like that should be an award that like Rick and Morty or South Park should win almost on an annual basis, which is what I'm trying to like look for now. I'm like, do you have an an award for animated series? Hold on. Now I'm like on their website. Animated. Do you have like an animation award? I doubt it. No, they don't. What? I typed in outstanding. Oh my God. Wow. They have outstanding animated program 2022. What? Hold on, are these the nominees? Okay, these are the nominations. But they're also showing me the winners as well. I don't... I don't understand it. Wait, did Bob's Burgers win the Outstanding Animated Program? Or were they just, like, nominated? Hold on. Outstanding animated program. How is Rick and Morty not nominated? What, like, Big Mouth gets nominated. F is for Family doesn't get nominated. The Simpsons gets nominated. I haven't seen The Simpsons in, like, like, a new episode in almost a decade. And, like, I love The Simpsons, but it's just like, come on. Like, the show probably should have ended, like, years upon years ago. It's a bit ridiculous. It's just like, what? You put fight like South Park, South Park, the pandemic special is in it. Big Mouth, overrated, is in it. But not Rick and Morty. Like, what? Let alone, by the way, we're just not even going to like mention the like dozens upon dozens upon dozens of animated like TV shows like anime. Like, we're not even going to mention like all the tremendous amount of selections of like anime that can and really should be nominated over like the majority of the shows that just got nominated that I just listed off I'm like I mean goodness gracious like what was an anime that I watched like like I mean everybody knows it Demon Slayer one of the best animes one of the best animated tv shows out right now My Hero Academia is great it's a, it takes a little while it's but it's great it's already at like over 100 episodes <clears throat> and even I like the new Gundam TV show. It looks like it's going to be an absolute banger. Cannot, cannot wait for my Sundays. My Sundays are going to be absolutely loaded. Oh, sweet Mary of Joseph. I got fucking anime. I got, I got uh, a couple more weeks. I got about a month, about a month left of Formula One. But I got Formula One back. I got my anime back. Let me tell you something. I am monumentally juiced up about my Sundays. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> Anyways, I'm, I'm very, very sad about certain things. Certain things relating to uh, certain TV shows. Hold on. Let me turn on my AC. It's getting a little bit hot. Hold on. Ugh. <sighs> 
Oh my god, it is already on. It's 70 fucking degrees in my room. You know, you want to know what was funny? I, like, went to bed last night. I was just freezing my ass off in the middle of the night. It was like 40 degrees when I woke up. And I'm like, finally. Finally, we get a cold night. I'm like, I'm just asleep. I'm under blankets. And I'm just like radiating heat like I always do. And then it's like it fucking, it just turns out to just be exactly what it is for the rest of the day. It's like 70, 80 degrees outside. I'm like, it's October. Can we get some cold, please? Oh, gosh. Like for everybody that's like, global warming is a myth. I'm like, like it's hot as balls outside. It's October. I want it to be cold. I like the cold. I'm like, I'm suffering here. Jesus Christ. You want to know who else is suffering? You want to know? The Detroit Lions and Chicago Bears. Let's talk about them. Actually, you know what? Before we talk about them, let's talk about Odell. Odell Beckham Jr., obviously. And let's also have a nice little chit-chat about, um, yeah, that's it. Just Odell. That's all I have. That's all I need to have. Now, Odell Beckham Jr., absolute fantastic football player, was paramount in the Rams, and the Rams not just win and success against multiple teams in the playoffs, but also Realistically, he was playing better than Cooper Cup did in the Super Bowl. And really, at that point, with Robert Quinn, not Robert Quinn, Robert Woods being injured, it was really up to Odell to be their downfield, aggressive, passing attack. And he he was. He was. uh, I said it best. I don't even said it best is the best way to describe it, but I said it when I was watching him in Cleveland. I was like, he hasn't lost the speed. He hasn't lost the burst. He hasn't lost like the drive. He's just being thrown footballs by an incompetent quarterback. His name is Baker Mayfield, which uh, by the way, oops a daisies to all of the Baker Mayfield fans. I love being right. And today is, today is a day of reckoning. Today is upon us. It's the day where a lot of investments that I made are now paying in fruition. Does that? Paying fruition, not in fruition. Paying fruition. Paying me in fruition. I love how I'm like, (laughs) I love that I just said paying in fruition. Jeez, are coming to fruition. Jesus Christ. That was rough. But, a lot of the like a lot of the observations that I've had and a lot of my analysis over the league is starting to to rear its ugly head. It's starting to come true for the teams that the, the teams and the fans that were like, "Oh my god, we're not going to listen to 24. He's wrong. 24 is wrong. 24 doesn't know what he's talking about." And then it's just like, "Whoop, whoopsies." Uh the Cleveland Browns aren't very good, or excuse me, Baker Mayfield isn't very good. And now we kind of have to deal with the whole, like, Odell Beckham Jr. stuff and also the Chicago Bears 
and also the Detroit Lions essentially like just not doing anything productive in free agency and pretending that they actually did. Like, again, we'll talk about it. So, but first I want to talk about Odell, right? So Odell is like weirdly enough trending on Twitter. And I mentioned this in the open that I just, I couldn't really make heads or tails of it. I'm pretty, for the most part, I'm pretty good at like deciphering information and being able to like sift through information that is just like straight up not true straight up just um lies and things of that nature and won't come to fruition i'm i'm great at essentially telling true factual information from misinformation and i can't make heads or tails of the odell beckham jr things thing the where he's going to go who he's going to play for da 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 uh, I got this one guy, his name, I don't mind saying his name, his name, his main, his name is Benjamin Dover, who looks like he has this official report. He says, breaking former Rams wide receiver Odo Beckham Jr. is headed to the Minnesota Vikings pending physical. Wow. And I read this tweet before I took a shower and I was thinking about it when I was like taking a shower where... Sometimes your best thinking happens. I don't know why, but I was thinking about it and I went over it in my mind, in my head. And, and I was just like, well, let me confirm it. Right. And confirming for me just means like seeing if anyone else is reporting on it. Right. Let me actually do a little bit more confirming because one reporter that kind of, uh, does things in the NFC North and in the case of Stacey Dells, she would kind of know something about it. And uh, she hasn't tweeted since like yesterday. So she's sometimes inactive on her Twitter. So sometimes like, you know, sometimes she just won't post anything and things of that nature. So it could be like one of those situations. I don't know if it is. Or she's just like where she may have information, but she's just, I don't know, not going to post it because she's off the clock, which, you know, it's fine. You know, she's not working right now. However, regardless of regardless of the actual report, I don't believe it. Right? First and foremost, when I go on his account, like it's it, like I don't know if it's a troll account or not, you know? And usually the cool thing is people who are like trolling and things of that nature to like try to help not spread like misinformation, they're just like, "Hey, we're a troll account," you know? We're not actually reporting on the news. This is satire. Don't trust us. This is not a report. Ironically enough, you would be you would be shocked and surprised at how many fucking people would report on a meme account, report from, would give a report based off of information from a meme account and like not know that it's a meme account. It was just like, wow, you guys can't do fucking like five seconds of research. But Benjamin Dover is like reporting on it. And I was just like, apparently he's an MLB, NFL, NBA insider, but I have no idea. Let me Google him. Hold on. I should have done this before, but I, he's also like new to Twitter. Like he has a, no, no, no. He's not new to Twitter. He has 170 tweets, but he joined Twitter in like 2020. I'm like, 
I am so confused. That's this. This isn't him. I'm like, I'm just doing a quick research. I don't know what publication he um, he writes for. I'm like, I'm going to go on like his Instagram. That's not him. I have no idea who this person is. Oh, he's an independent broadcast media professional. Does he show his like, that's not him either. I don't know who the fuck this person is. But he gives out this tweet that's just like the Rams. Well, I, I don't even know if this is a real person, you know? Like, this is, this is the thought process that I go. It's like, is this person real? But he gives out this report. I think it's fake. That Odell's going to meet with the Vikings tomorrow, pending a physical, or he's headed to the Minnesota Vikings, which essentially, I don't know if, pending a physical. I don't know if he's going to, like, work out with them. I don't know if he's going to train with them. Nobody is reporting on this. Nobody is saying, um, nobody is saying and confirming anything else. Nobody who's legit. I don't know who the fuck this person is, but I saw that Odell Beckham Jr. is trending, and then I saw his tweet, Benjamin Dover's tweet, and I was just like, that's not real. And then other people are, like, tweeting some shit out about Odell going to the Vikings. Can I be honest with you? I don't think he's going to the Vikings. I don't think he's going to the Vikings. Like, I think fans want him to go to the Vikings. I don't think he's going to the Vikings. Now, the other end of the perspective, like, not necessarily straight up hard rumors that I don't trust. Like usually when I don't trust stuff, it usually when it comes to rumors, because I'm pretty, I have pretty good intuition on this type of stuff. But usually when it comes to rumors that I don't trust, they don't come true. But there are also rumors that I do trust that do come true. Like for example, Matt Rule's job being in jeopardy around like week three, week four, whenever they played up against the Saints and his job was on the line. And then I and then I talked about that report and I gave that report and then they won against the Saints. And then and, and then Ian Rappaport, by the way, before that, Ian Rappaport was like, his job isn't in jeopardy at all. And then I was just like, if it's not, then why are you talking about it as if it is? And then he wins against the Saints, but then next two weeks he loses those two games and then they he gets fired. Like that. And I was like, see, told you. Intuition works sometimes if you if it's if your intuition is good. But I don't think Odell's going to the Minnesota Vikings. And here's the reason why. And then we'll get onto the rumors that I think are true about Odell. Um, the reason why Odell, in my opinion, isn't going to the Vikings is that doesn't make any fucking sense unless they are offering him a shit ton of money and a shit ton of security. Minnesota, I looked this up like a couple of days ago or a week ago or something like that, has like 400,000 people. It's a quiet town. It's in the bitter cold. It's Cleveland, essentially. That's 400,000 people. Minnesota Vikings fans, like, stop. Like, stop. Like, I don't know why and how Minnesota got a football team, but uh, I, I Googled this. Like, San Antonio has 1.5 million people in it. Like, they are a significantly bigger city than Minnesota. Uh, than Minnesota. And technically, it's not Minnesota. It's Minneapolis which is another confusing part about the Minnesota Vikings. They're not actually in Minnesota. They're in the state, but they're not in like the city of Minnesota. Does is there even a, a a city in Minnesota called Minnesota? For everybody that wants to make fun of me, just in case if there is or more specifically because I don't know, I'm from Texas. We don't care about a lot of other states because we're one of the more important ones. Sorry. My Texas pride coming coming in. I'm a bit pretentious pretentious didn't say I was very smart though 
But I don't don't think he's going to Minnesota because I don't think it's the right fit for him city-wise and also team-wise, which is, honest to God, more important and significant. People wanted to make it a big deal that Cleveland wasn't the city for him, and then it's just like, it's not, but I don't think it would have mattered if they were winning, to be honest with you. Which I think Odell has now learned an invaluable lesson, and that lesson is, The quarterback fucking matters. Quarterback matters. He didn't have the ability, he didn't have the option to obviously go to the football team of his choice. But he played for multiple years with Baker Mayfield. And as I said last year, and I'll say it again this year, there were plays, and really for the last two years, I've been saying this about Odell for like two years straight, There were plays, there were times where Odell Beckham Jr. was wide open. There were plays, there were times where Odell Beckham Jr. looked as dominant as he once was like five or six years ago. There were plays where it was just like he went in a fucking time machine and he had five or six yards of separation. He was obviously open and Baker underthrew him. He overthrew him. He had no rapport. He had like literally what's going on with DJ Moore and Baker is going on did go on with Odell and Baker when he was in Cleveland. So when I saw Odell play, I was just like, oh yeah, Odell Odell can still play, but people are being morons about him and thinking that Baker Mayfield is better than he actually is, and he's not. Baker was terrible. So you mean to tell me Odell Beckham Jr., and granted, it would be fun to go play with Justin Jefferson and things of that nature, but you mean to tell me that Odell would, Odell would go to a team where... Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins, the quarterback, the quarterback play is super inconsistent. Justin Jefferson is struggling, who I think is easily a top five player at his position, top 10. Adam Thielen is struggling, who I think still has a lot of juice left, but he can't fucking get off, uh, not get off. He can't go off, excuse me, in games. You think he would want to go there? You think that that's, What's being reported that he's going to go to Minnesota? Everything is speculative and everything is up in the air. And I do feel shaky on this, but I, I don't think he's going to Minnesota. Like at all. And I think it predominantly has to do with the quarterback. But the reason why I feel a little bit shaky on this is that there's like an obvious connection with Odell. And that's Kevin O'Connell, who's the offensive coordinator for the Rams last year. But again, I don't think Kevin O'Connell was the reason why that offense was having a lot of success. I think it was Sean McVay and the offensive line and things of that nature. But Odell is potentially on the move. And when I saw this, I thought I I didn't question it. And I thought that it was legit. And I was just like, oh, Odell's going to the Vikings. And the topic of conversation was if you're a team like the Packers or a team like the uh, the Chiefs and you just don't have a deep threat. You just wasted a bunch of time and things of that nature. Or not even wasted a bunch of time, but you did exactly the thing that I didn't want you to do. And that was quite simply put, not go after a deep threat when you obviously need a deep threat. But I don't think the quote unquote report is true. Which leads us to the rumors, the side of the equation where I think is correct, the rumors that I think are correct, and it's just quite simply put is this. Apparently, the Bills and the Chiefs are are deep in the running for Odell. Apparently, those are the teams that 
are the finalists in the running. Uh, Travis Kelsey just had a restructured contract. The implication with that being is that, like, he restructured his contract to potentially give Odell some money. And the Bills, as Von Miller, has, like, strongly, strongly recruited and has been recruiting Odell. And I think it's very interesting that these two are kind of the teams that have, quote-unquote, come down to Odell as uh, the finalists. Because I think whoever gets them, the other one will suffer, right? The Bills, they have Gabe Davis to pair with Stephon Diggs very nicely. He is an obvious deep threat that the Bills can go to uh, if Stephon Diggs is struggling or if they roll coverage Stephon Diggs' way. But Stephon Diggs can also be that deep threat for them as well. The Bills, of course. The thing that I said about the Chiefs and the thing that I was so interested about the Chiefs is I was like, the Chiefs need to do something. Dear God, they need to do something. They need Odell. They need somebody to be a deep threat for them because holy fucking shit, they don't have one. And they can't take advantage of one of the best aspects of Patrick Mahomes' abilities. And that is his ability to be a, one of the most accurate deep ball throwers in the NFL. It's not necessarily that he can throw a football 70 yards or 60 yards on his knees that I'm interested in. It's that he is one of the most accurate deep ball throwers in the NFL, regardless of his arm strength. Like, take out his arm strength and take out his his unique throwing. It's just like he is one of the best deep ball throwers in the NFL. He's awesome at it. And he's been hamstrung all season long because he doesn't have a target that can separate downfield consistently. Odell is obviously that player. But the Bills, it's kind of like a laughable amount of riches if they go out and get Odell Beckham Jr. But at the exact same time, because again, they have Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis, but at the exact same time, it's just like, wait a second, you take away... Odell Beckham Jr. from the Chiefs and you add him to your team, it's like you're playing Chinese chess or Shogi, I think that's what it's called, where you take a piece that your opponent has, you take your opponent's queen and you add it to your arsenal. You take their weapon and you add it to their arsenal. You take their chess piece, you add it to their to your arsenal, excuse me. That's kind of what it reminds me of, where it's just like, oh, the, the Bills are probably going to be one of the best teams in the NFL. Or not necessarily, I mean, they already are, but... In the context of like the playoffs, they're going to be one of the best suited teams. Because I don't know how the Chiefs are going to be able to beat them long term unless the Bills just like completely and utterly have a collapse. But they kind of have had those collapses in the last couple of years. So, hmm, we um, will see. But Odell is on the move. I don't know realistically how legitimate any of this is. I just have inklings in. Intuition. But, you know, if you want to ask me, I think I think the report about him going to the Chiefs or the Bills is correct. I think those are the two teams that he's going to go to. I think those are the two teams that make the most sense. And I think those are probably the two teams that are probably deep into the running. I don't know why the fuck people are like, he's going to be a fucking Viking. I'm like, you just pulled that out of your ass. I think there could potentially, I was about to say there could potentially be a probability for him to be a saint. And then I'm like, eh, no, no, that wide receiver room is pretty crowded and they don't, 
they don't need another wide receiver. Anyways. Hold on. Sorry, I... You want to know the... I, I, my mind... My mind is that. My brain is like that of like a gerbil. Again, I'm not the smartest person. I just saw this really, really hot girl on Twitter as I was just like scrolling. She was in an ad. It wasn't my fault. I wasn't like actively seeking it out. It just happened. It was just like, oh, this is in my timeline now. I was just like, who? I instantly, I instantly became curious. That's another problem of like social media. Or I mean, it's not even like of Twitter. It's like Instagram as well. It's like sometimes you can just be scrolling and you can just see this very, very hot person. And I'm like, I wasn't looking for this, but I'll take it. You know, I'm like, I instantly become curious. It's like going to a steakhouse and getting a, a nice hamburger. It's like, I didn't ask for this, but sure, I'll take it. Anyways, let's talk about Chicago and the Detroit Lions, right? Two teams, very similar positions in the NFL in the sense of they are two of the worst teams in the NFL. Two teams that also uh, I absolutely, utterly despised essentially what they've done within the last two years with hiring of Dan Campbell for the Detroit Lions, uh, the ensuing free agencies in the last couple of years, and specifically with the Bears, the hiring of Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, and then what they've done in free agency, which was essentially scalp their entire roster uh, letting go of Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack and not finding any suitable replacements for them, constantly and consistently saying that they will be competitive in free agency last next year, excuse me, which they won't. They won't. And then um, really getting two players, one player that I really, really liked in Jaquan Brisker coming out of Penn State, and then the other player, Kyler Gordon, who I thought was probably a fourth rounder if I had the courage to be honest with you, if I had the courage of my convictions, I probably would have said that he was a fourth rounder. Uh, but instead, he goes all the way in the second round, and he has been horrible for them. Reason why we're talking about them today is that their respective markets are freaking out, right? They've been freaking out for about the last two weeks. Detroit didn't even play this, this last weekend, and they have been freaking out for about a week now. But the reason why these two teams and why I'm going to talk about these two teams today is because I think... These two teams, they live in their own fantasies, their own different fictitious worlds that are not based in facts, logic, reasoning, and most importantly, reality. I kind of gave it as like a red herring. I was like, look, if you're the Bears, you have nothing. You have no weapons. You have no wideouts. You have nothing for Justin Fields. And Justin Fields is essentially one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the NFL. With Detroit, I was like, you can't trust Jared Goff. I don't like Aiden Hutchinson. I like Jamison Williams. I thought he was going to be back sooner rather than later. That is not true. He's still hurt, which is eyebrow-raising considering that I thought he was going to be ready in August. It is October. He's still not ready. He's not going to play this weekend. He may not even play next weekend by all accounts, which is not good whatsoever. I still think he's a great player. I still think he's a great pick. But both of these two teams have absolutely done nothing within the last two years. 
And I talked about it a little bit yesterday, incoherently, I might add, but I did talk about it yesterday where I was like, look, these two teams have a very unique opportunity or had a very unique opportunity in front of them. The Vikings are average when they really shouldn't be, but the Vikings are always average when they shouldn't be, so it's like it's it's not really that big of a surprise. The Packers are, they are probably an average to below average football team. It kind of depends on whether or not they just decide to start running the football. I hope they decide to start running the football after the Cowboys game. I'm like, not before, but just just run the football after the Cowboys. Not before, after the Cowboys. I want to win that game. After the Cowboys game, run to your heart's content. Before the Cowboys game, don't run to your uh, to your heart's consent, please, and thank you. But the teams in their division, the NFC North, the Bears and the Lions, the teams in their division are susceptible to a good team. Like if a good team comes in that good team will take over that division because everybody else is just like meh, questionable, or bad. But the problem is the Bears and the Lions are two of the worst fucking football teams in the NFL. They're two of the worst fucking football teams that are run in the NFL. And it's always next year, next year, next year, next year, next year. And I've been very like consistent on saying that it's the next year they're in a rebuild, da-da-da-da-da. So... In one way, it's yes. It's true that it will take time for their teams to win. Everybody's like, well, what about the Giants? I think the Giants are overrated, by the way, but they do have some good wins on their record in the Ravens and the Packers. Both teams, both of those teams, I think like the Ravens, not the Ravens, the Packers are a little bit overrated and the Ravens kind of had yet another collapse. But like the Giants, I think the Cowboys game kind of shows, yes, like they are very much susceptible to a good team running into them and destroying them. And I think that's what's going to happen probably on, not probably, but definitively on Thanksgiving. I think the Cowboys take the series 2-0, and I think the Cowboys go on to probably, at that point, go on to probably be like the number two ranked team in their division and challenge the the Eagles for the top spot uh, in December on Christmas Eve. But that's again in a month. Let's stay on Detroit. Let's stay on Chicago. So these two teams playing in a mediocre division, somewhat below mediocre if you want to want to count them in as well. And they just are in a continuous cycle of getting X thing, getting players, getting coaches, getting executives, and then realizing that those executives are not very good, having to fire them, and then go into a rebuild and then rinse and repeat over and over and over and over again and over again. And specifically, the reason why they go into rebuild is because those executives, those coaches, those players were not as good as they thought they were. And that's essentially been their cycle for almost 100 years. I always use this term with certain teams where I'm like, this team is a non-professional football team. I think there's good players on Detroit, but... The problem overall with Detroit is that like once once again, they are not really that professional. They don't do certain things that would lead them to be a successful football team. Detroit does it, Chicago does it. They're essentially the mirror of themselves. They're 
two bad fr franchises, historically bad franchises, that have had ample opportunity and time to be relevant consistently, and they just have been irrelevant. And once again, they have made cataclysmic mistakes over the last couple of years that have led them to this point. And really, I mean, we don't even have to go for a couple of years. We can just, with the Bears, we can say they have made just cataclysmic mistakes this offseason that have led to them being in this situation. And both teams are now, once again, uncompetitive. But the reason why I bring these two teams up is because everybody was just like, they're going to be great. They're not going to be, you know, uh, these terrible basketball teams. Or I'm watching basketball right now. I'm watching Phoenix versus Dallas, which is why I'm like, these terrible basketball teams, I apologize. These terrible football teams, they're not going to be bad. Justin Fields is going to be awesome. Remember the optimism? The optimism surrounding Justin. Remember that? I do. Because way too many people were optimistic that Justin Fields was going to come over and dominate. Dominate. The league. And I was just like, he doesn't have any weapons. He doesn't have an offensive line. Are, are, you, are you sure about that? And that's literally exactly what happened. Justin Fields has once again suffered at the ends of his head coach and ownership and executives. And they are just a dysfunctional mess. But... In reality, and this is one of the things that I said last week, I said, look, in relation to the Dallas Cowboys, I was like, look, if I'm Dallas, I'm not playing him, even if he's ready to go. And apparently Dak Prescott was ready to go against the Eagles. He was ready to play. I'm like, I'm not playing him against the Eagles. And I mentioned the Deontay Wilder fight that I don't think anyone saw. I don't think anyone cares about boxing anymore. Boxing is a bad sport in the 21st century where... Anyone and everyone can pirate streams, and it's just, it's kind of an uninteresting sport to watch, if I'm completely honest with you. But I said this about boxing, I was like, Deontay Wilder and other pro fighters have these things called tune-up fights, which essentially is against a significantly lesser opponent that just doesn't have a shot whatsoever against them, and they go up against them, they fight against them, and what predictably happens happens that lesser fighter gets their shit pushed in by the hall of famer Deontay Wilder and he like knocked him out in I think the first round which is predictable and I was like that's kind of what needs to happen with Dak like give him a fight give him a tune-up fight don't send him to the wolves against the eagles don't even have that question of is Cooper Rush a hey, uh, can, can he start for the Dallas Cowboys da, 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 da. don't even do that don't even do that Start him against one of the worst teams in the NFL and the Detroit Lions. And then to make matters even worse or better, Dak then gets to go up against Chicago on October 30th. And then he enters into a bye week to get two weeks of preparation against the Green Bay Packers. So Dak will be able to get three weeks solid football before I think he has to go up against the Vikings. Right. Let me uh, let me look it up. Yep, goes up against the Vikings November 20th, and then they go up against the Giants November 24th. 
Dallas in the next month could be 4-0 very easily. Lions, Bears, I'm kind of done with, in all honesty, this season. I'm kind of done with. I think both of them are going to be, like I said before, five, six wins. And I think both of them are a joke. So. Anyways, speaking of Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. So a lot has been made about Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys, specifically when it comes to Dak Prescott throwing the football. Like, he shouldn't throw the football, da-da-da-da-da. Shouldn't throw it 40 times, which Dak doesn't... Well, it depends on the game. But the theory being, well, Dallas doesn't win when he throws the football 40-plus times, which is one of the dumbest fucking things I've ever heard of in my entire life, honestly. So... A little bit of context, right, for everybody that wants to say, well, Dak doesn't do this, Dak doesn't do that, right? Well, the, the Cowboys don't do this, the Cowboys don't do that when Dak is playing, okay? Last year, Dak Prescott had almost 4,500 yards. He had 37 uh, touchdowns through the air, 10 touch, ten interceptions, uh, 68.8% completion percentage, and a 104.2 passer rating. He was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. They were 12-5. and five. And yes, their offense was predominantly a passing offense. They're twelve and five. Like I, like I don't know how these fucking dumbass narratives get written. I don't know why people think the Cowboys are better off as a running team, or more specifically, that they cannot be a dominant passing team when they literally were a dominant passing team last season. They had thirty points per season. Per game, excuse me. And you can't even fucking tell me. Like, for, first and foremost, okay? It's not the running game that has been winning the games. It has been Micah Parsons and the fucking Dallas Cowboys defense that has been winning these football games. Some people are like, well, they're complimentary and they're this and that. And it's just like, look, man. You want to know why the Cowboys lost that game against the Eagles? Because there was no pressure put on Jalen Hurts. Not because of the time. There's no time. Like, offenses don't care about time. They don't. Offenses with analytics will now be more aggressive on fourth down. We know that now. So, if it's, for example, an old-ass game, like, let's say it's 10-3, to it's fourth down at your opponent's 49-yard line. So, we're just across midfield, right? It's like fourth quarter. Nothing is, like, you're going for it on fourth down now. You're going for it. It doesn't matter the opposition's time of possession. It doesn't matter, you know, that the, 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 the running game, da 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 Like, you are more inclined now to be aggressive than any, any other time in the history of the sport. Every team is going for it on fourth down because they have to. They have to be aggressive. You cannot play to lose the game. Don't talk to me about Dallas's running game and how awesome it is and da 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 It's just like... The reason why Dallas's defense, or excuse me, the reason why Dallas has won football games is because their defense has literally given up a touchdown, one touchdown outside of the Eagles game per game. Per game. That is an insane statistic. And it's hilarious that people are like, Dallas needs to run the football more. You know what Dallas needs to win? 
need, needs to do. They need to be able to establish their passing game. They have established their running game. They need to establish their passing game. Do you want to know why? Because are you going to beat the Bills with a running game, with a superior running game? No. Not even a superior running game, but just a running game. Oh, yeah, we're just going to beat the Bills. No. You need to be able to score points. Not field goals. You don't need to get 20 points. You need to score points. And truth be told, they really haven't. I love how, like, I was watching, um, and, and again, I got this on Twitter. But I love how, like, uh, Marcus Spears was like, you know, the one thing that they don't need to do, that you want to know the one thing that Dallas doesn't need to do? They don't need to throw the football, like, 30 times or whatever it was. Was, and they were, and he was also like, you know, the one thing that Cooper Rush did well was he protected the ball. And I was just like, as he literally had three interceptions against the Eagles, I was like, yeah. Okay. All right. Again, got to be aggressive. You got to score points. You got to, you got to fucking, you got to do something. You can't just walk out onto the football field and be like, we're not going to score any points. We're not going to do anything whatsoever. I'm like, oh. Anyways, yesterday we were talking about, we were talking about the games that I picked correctly, the games that I didn't pick correctly. I was kind of, uh, I was a little bit exhausted and I was tired and I was just like, look, I'll just talk about this tomorrow. Today, in reference to yesterday, is tomorrow. So let's talk about some of the games. And let's also pick the Saints and the Cardinals. Let's just... Let's just pick the Saints and the Cardinals right now. I'm out on the Cardinals. And to be honest with you, before the year even began, I was out on the Saints. These are like two teams that really, if if the Cardinals had a better offensive line and a better defense, to me, they would be one of the better teams. They would be a good team. They would be a team that, Honestly, and if they had better coaching and a bed in a better GM, I mean, <laughs> they need a lot of stuff to win more football games. But yeah, like they're kind of on the cusp of being a good football team, of being a team that can potentially contend with other teams. I feel bad for Kyler in the sense of Kyler is now essentially handcuffed to a team that's going nowhere fast. But if you're a fan of teams that are going up against the Arizona Cardinals and or are going to be in the NFC West, then you love you love Kyler being re-signed to the Cardinals because the Cardinals are a shitty organization and a shitty football team. But the Cardinals and the Saints, they're both two teams that need something big. The Cardinals, they need like an offensive line and some defensive players. And the Saints, they need uh, a quarterback. But they're they're on the cusp of being a successful football program. Both of them. But they need obvious things. And they don't have them. Thursday Night Football. I don't think this game matters. Honestly, you want to know what? I'll, I'll just be quite frank. I don't think these two teams matter in the grand scheme of things when it comes to the narrative of the the NFL season. I don't think either one of these two teams 
is relevant in their divisions. I don't know who's going to win the NFC West, but I know that I know that it's probably not going to be the Cardinals at this point. And I think the same thing can be said about the NFC South in reference to the Saints. They're two just like exhausting teams that to me, especially with the Cardinals, the Cardinals had every opportunity to build and develop a, a football team that could potentially help Kyler Murray this offseason. And they just, they haven't whatsoever. And it's a bit of a shock that, that the Cardinals just haven't. Like, it's just like some offensive line, please, would be great. Some defensive linemen. Like, it's just, it's, it's insane how, like, dysfunctional the um the fucking cardinals are and have been you know this offseason and this regular season but saints at cardinals i'm i'm rolling with the cardinals they're the home team they're the favorite i think i love kyler they just traded for robbie anderson for what i i don't even think that was reported on i don't i know that the cardinals traded for robbie anderson i just don't know what they gave up hopefully they gave up nothing hollywood brown is hurt I don't care, man. I really don't. Honest to God, I think they're just two average football teams that really could be great this year, but just could have been great, but just aren't. So I'm picking the Cardinals, but I don't care. I don't care about the game. It's like one of those games where it's just like, I have a feeling it's going to be a shit fest. You know what I mean? Because I don't think either one of these two teams is like, like, it's weird how many shit fests there are. It's like, it can go, it, like, it's either going to be a blowout or it's going to be one of those games where I'm just like, oh my God, I cannot believe how fucking bad these two teams are. And the same thing can be said about the Ravens and the Buccaneers in week eight, where I'm just like, both of those two teams have been playing super inconsistently. And then it's just like, we have an absolute fucking slaughterhouse of a football game in Eagles at Texans. And I'm just like, the Texans went away for a week. I think they had their bye week this week, and I just completely forgot about them. I was like, oh, yeah, they're, they they just don't exist anymore. Thank God that they went on a bye. They should go on a bye week every single week. They should just not play football. They should be disbanded. They should not be a real professional football team. But I'm so tired of the Saints and the Cardinals and their team and their game, so I'm super annoyed. Super annoyed. Super, super. Uh, super annoyed. Oh my god. Anyways. Super annoyed with the fucking Saints and the Cardinals. They had so much potential and they wasted it. Anyways, I'm moving on. We're going to end the podcast and we're going to talk about, by talking about all of the games that happened this week. This weekend, um, in reference, I talked about the Chargers and the Broncos, which was an absolute misfire. It was a shit show. It was terrible. Holy fucking shit. So bad. I hated it. I hated watching it. It looked like it was about to be a good game until the second half of the game where they just refused to do anything. And I think they both had, yep, they both had three points each. Technically, uh, the Chargers had six. Justin Herbert played about as well as a quarterback who's hurt. They threw the ball almost 60 times. Wow. Honestly, Brandon Staley, I mean, if you're a Brandon Staley guy, I don't know. I I don't know what else to do. They played like shit last night. 
or two nights ago on Monday Night Football, and they they barely won against the fucking Broncos. They should have fucking lost that game. Broncos are such a fucking shit so I hate the Broncos so much. I hate what they've done to, like, you want to know? I'm so annoyed with fucking Nathaniel Hackett, man. I'm so annoyed because he doesn't do shit that makes sense. You know? Hold on, let me take a swig of my water. Hold on. Nathaniel Hackett just, like, doesn't do shit that makes sense. He subs out Melvin Gordon, who is irate on the sideline. Like, Monday Night Football cannot get enough of how pissed off Melvin Gordon is. They just won't stop showing me Melvin Gordon on the fucking sideline. Only to come to find out that Melvin Gordon will start for some weird reason after essentially being benched during the game, only to come to find out that Melvin Gordon's going to start on Sunday. And I mean, he did not have a good game whatsoever. He did not. But I'm like, dude, like, come on. Like, what the fuck are we doing? I mean, and, and it's just like, how many, I, 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 can, I cannot, I think we talked about it yesterday, but I'm like, I'm so glad that there are no more fucking primetime games for the Broncos. No more. Oh my God. We have like, I mean, it depends on your regions and stuff like that, but I think they have one, one game. I don't know. I don't know. They have like a London game. They have like a 8.30 a.m. game or 9.30 a.m. game. Excuse me. Sorry about that. They have a 9.30 a.m. game, like super early in the morning. I love how 9.30 a.m. is super early. It is on a Sunday. It's like 9.30 in the morning. They have a game on at that point. And it's just like, beyond that game and the Chiefs versus the Broncos in December, like those are the only two games where definitively everyone will have access to. And I'm like, I'm so glad that they're not on Monday night. They're not on Sunday night. They're not on Thursday night anymore because they have been absolutely horrible for the entirety of the fucking season. Shannon Sharp said it after the Monday night football game on Tuesday. He was just like, yeah, I didn't go to the game because I was just like, I knew they were going to fucking suck and I can't fucking blame them. They're terrible, man. Oh my God. I've never like they've, it's been some low places in like the last six years since they won the Super Bowl. This is probably the lowest. They actually have like a good team and they kind of, not even kind of, but they have a good team, but they just literally cannot like put anything together. So they look like one of the worst teams I've ever seen in my entire life. And they are because they have good players that, you know who they remind me of? Honestly, they remind me of the 2019 Dallas Cowboys. That team was loaded with talent, loaded with weapons, loaded, 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 like a younger Tony Pollard, Zeke, who was like, meh, Dak, who was like great that season. And like they had Robert Quinn who would go on to have like 20 sacks the next season or two with the Bears. They had Demarcus Lawrence who was like, meh. But they had like one of the better secondaries in the NFL and they played like shit all year. Like honestly. Essentially, they were just like, yeah, we're just going to run the football and then Dak's going to bail us out if we fucking fall behind. Their coaching was terrible. It was obvious that it was terrible, but people wanted to blame Dak Prescott. And it got to the point where they thankfully and inevitably fired Jason Garrett because of the simplicity of the fact that they couldn't even fucking go to the playoffs. 
it was a joke how bad the Cowboys were last uh, in that last season with Jason Garrett because they probably should have been a Super Bowl contender. They had the weapons, they had the players, they had everything. Randall Cobb even had a great season that season. It, like they almost had three a thousand yard seasons, uh, not seasons. They almost had three a thousand yard wideouts, and it didn't fucking matter. Jason Garrett was horrible. They were terrible. They didn't win 10 games. They won. They went, ironically enough, 8-8. Eight and eight. They went 500. Because, once again, Jason Garrett, king of mediocrity. Even his fucking, his, his NBC broadcasts, you know? His NBC fucking broadcasts um, where uh, on Sunday night football is mediocre. He's just a walking piece of mediocrity. <laughs> But yes, the uh, the Broncos, they remind me of the 2019 Dallas Cowboys in the sense of it's just like, not necessarily that they're a walking piece of mediocrity. They're not going to win eight, nine games this year. But um, that they just like literally have all of the talent that you could ask a coach for. And they have one of the worst head coaches in the NFL. I mean, honestly, I was about to say like, I think Jason Garrett is a better head coach than Nathaniel Hackett, but it's it's a conversation and a fucking thought that I don't even want to fucking have. I don't want to think that Nathaniel Hackett is a better head coach than Jason Garrett. Or the other way around. Jason Garrett's a better head coach than Nathaniel Hackett because they're both bad. No, I, I mean, it's up for debate because it's like, literally Jason Garrett has Hall of Famers all over the place on the offensive line and essentially his game plan and his scheme was, well, we're just going to run the football and we're going to play defense. Kid you not, watch the Amazon Prime TV show, uh, the embedded in regular uh, season TV show. What was it called? They like canned it after the Panthers season. They were just like, yeah, we're done. What was it called? All or nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have, they had it for like the NFL, but um, yeah, they have it for like soccer teams, for example, but they don't have it anymore for, it's actually really good, but they don't have it anymore, unfortunately, for the NFL. Unfortunately. Yeah. The last season they had was in 2020 with the Eagles. It was the 2019 season, but it was, it was the 2019 Eagles, but they always like, they always show it after the season is over, like a year after. It's kind of like, Kind of like ridiculous in my opinion, but it's like, just show it right after, you know? Anyways, um, moving on to all of the games that happened this Sunday and I'll try not to hold you for too much longer here, but, um, we got to get through some of these games. So talked about bills and the chiefs. Uh, I think the Bills are a tad bit overrated, and I think the Chiefs are like one big explosive player away from uh, probably beating the Bills again. Talked about that game, talked about the Cowboys and the Eagles. Essentially, my main like uh, conclusion that I drew from that game was essentially that the Cowboys are easily one of the best teams in the NFL. They're a Super Bowl contender. Even after a loss, Cooper Rush had to throw three interceptions for that game for the uh, for the Cowboys to... Um, fall 17 points or 20 points, I think, behind the Eagles, but then the Cowboys defense completely and utterly shut down the Eagles offense in the second half. The Cowboys almost got back into that game, and I think if significantly less mistakes were made, then I think that the Cowboys would have won that game. And I think if they had had Dak, yes, I think Dak would have won them that game. So, 
We'll see what happens. Uh, Cardinals at Seattle. This is kind of what I'm talking about when it comes to the Seattle Seahawks. Or not the Seattle Seahawks, but the Arizona Cardinals. And just like a team that really can and should be a playoff team. But is just like in no man's land right now. Like what the fuck was that last week against the Seattle Seahawks, man? On short, uh, they're going to play a game on like short, short rest and things of that nature here tomorrow. But um, holy fucking shit, man. 9-19 to Cardinals at Seattle in favor of Seattle. The Arizona Cardinals were just like a mess on offense. They couldn't fucking finish drives whatsoever. Kyler had an interception. Like it was a, it was a brutal fucking game too. Seattle should not be 3-3. Three and three. They beat the Broncos, one of the worst teams in the NFL. They beat the Cardinals, who... And they beat the Lions. Okay, that explains their record. Who does... Like, I want Seattle to just go away. Seattle faces off against the Chargers. That should be a loss. And then the Giants, and then Cardinals again, and then Bucks. Okay, so they're going to have some losses in the next couple of weeks, but it's just like... Some of their games, man, they shouldn't have... Like, this game this past weekend against the Cardinals, it's just like... It's it's a headbanger. It's like, why the fuck did you lose to the fucking Seattle Seahawks, Arizona? And I said it... And I've said it, like, constantly. Like, I don't think Arizona has 10, 10 win seasons. In the history of their entire franchise of almost 100 years. I don't think they have 10. Which is insane. And the reason why I brought it up and bring it up is it's just like, they just don't have, a, they're, they're I, I get so frustrated with certain teams that just have these deep histories rooted in the NFL and have done nothing in a hundred years, in almost a hundred years. You have teams like the Patriots and the Cowboys that have 11 Super Bowls between them, 11 Super Bowls. That's a tenth of the amount of Super Bowl. I mean, we, we can just like categorically, right? We can like put this in categories, right? We can like put four teams that have 20% of the Super Bowls of the last 100 years, right? And really the Super Bowls have been going on for about 60 years. So like four teams, the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Patriots, and the Steelers all have like combined... They all have 22 Super Bowls between them out of 60-something. Or it's it's getting close to 60. That's like half your Super Bowls in four teams. And it's just like you would think that the teams that had been in the league longer would have had more success against the teams that had been in the league shorter in a, in a shorter amount of time. And it's like, no, it's rooted. People who own these teams have no idea how to win. They just have owned these teams and it's been essentially a part of their inheritance. Stupidly running a multi-billion dollar organization. Turns out you don't have to be smart to be a billionaire. You just have to be born into it. So, Arizona, fucking disaster of a football team on Sunday. Rams almost got the fucking party started against the, uh, the fucking Panthers in regards to just being a disaster. It was getting a little bit chippy. It was getting a little bit shoddy with the two teams where uh, it looked, I think it was like seven, not seven, but like 10 to zero at one point. But then finally the Rams, they put it together and then they iced out the Panthers. They're like, wait, they're the Panthers. Uh, 
24 to 10. Oh my God. And then it was just like the Robbie Anderson ejection where Robbie Anderson got into a fight with his wide receiver coach and Steve Wilkes bumped his ass out, out of the team. And then he got traded to the Arizona Cardinals. Let me unplug my computer. Hold on. You want my honest opinion? I don't really care. I don't really care that the Cardinals booted him out. I don't care that Robbie Anderson isn't a, um, not the Arizona Cardinals, the Carolina Panthers. I don't care that they booted him out. I don't care that he's not a Panther. I don't, I don't really care, to be honest with you. The Panthers are without a head coach. They are extraordinarily dysfunctional. And, like, they're irrelevant. They're probably going to be in the running for one of the top quarterbacks this year. It may be Bryce Deer. God, I hope the Lions can get Bryce Young because Carolina is a fucking disaster. But Jake Tapper will finally, or David Tapper, whatever his name is, will find the owner of the Carolina Panthers will finally get his wish. The one thing that he's been rooting for and waiting for for the entirety of his tenure as the owner of the Carolina Panthers, which has been for about like two, three years, he'll finally get his wish. And that is he'll finally get a franchise guy. He'll either get CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. We'll see. Vikings at Dolphins was extraordinarily predictable, except that the Vikings popped off in the fourth quarter with the Dolphins. It was a weird game where both of them scored like 13 points. The Vikings, they scored 14. Uh, the, the Dolphins, they scored 13 points in the fourth quarter. The Minnesota Vikings scored 14. It was, I mean, it was 24 to 10. But it was it was a weird game where it didn't look very good for Kirk Cousins. I was blasting him on Sunday. I was like, why the fuck can't this guy figure it out against teams that he should obviously be winning against? I mean, the Vikings are 5-1, and one, but it's a bad 5-1. and one. It's like, oh my God. Like, you'll run into some good teams and you'll start losing football games. This was a... I'm still out on Kevin, uh, Kevin O'Connell. Like, the teams that he's beaten were the Saints, the Bears, the Dolphins without Tua, and the Lions. And the terrible Packers. Those are the teams that they've beaten. Those are, like, for the most part, non-playoff teams to really just some of the worst teams in the NFL. So, Jets at Packers. Jets are what, like, 4-2? and 3-3? Yeah, 4-2. and two. Jets are one of the better teams in the NFL at this point when it comes to their record. The reason why I mention their record is that it puts them in playoff contention potentially. It puts a lot of teams in the NFC, in, in the AFC, excuse me, West in playoff teams, AFC East. Uh, the Bills obviously at the one seed, the Jets at the two seed at four and two, Dolphins and Patriots are three and three, and they're kind of hanging around. And I think the Dolphins will get back to a, uh after he got concussed, so... We'll see him back soon. And then it's just like the AFC North is kind of a disaster. The Ravens and the Bengals are both three and three. Like, again, like there can be only seven teams and you may like you may you may see like like right now. It's like I think the Dolphins and the Patriots would get to the playoffs. I think so. Do not count them out right now, but uh, we'll. We will see what happens. But yeah, like as of right now, the Jets are in the playoffs. Long-term wise, do I think they're in the playoffs? No. No, I don't. But hey, they beat the shitty Packers. 
and uh, they're rolling. Quinnen Williams is starting to finally come into his own after, like, what, three, four years? But, I mean, he's pretty much given you, like, a sack a game for, like, the last couple of weeks, so. By couple of weeks, I mean, like, three, four. So. That's pretty fantastic. I think he's actually, like, statistically giving you half a sack a game, but, you know. He's starting to become like one of the better defensive tackles in in the uh, in the NFL. Um, by the way, I'm watching basketball tonight. Thank God that basketball is back because ESPN just runs these. ESPN for the quote unquote worldwide worldwide leader in sports. They sure don't show sports. I remember like as a kid watching Cartoon Network and Cartoon Network like pivoted from cartoons to like live action shows, and they. Like, weird, it was so weird. They would, like, have preferences to the live action shows instead of the actual, like, cartoons that that everybody, um, that everybody watched their, uh, their fucking, their fucking network for. And it, and I, and it came to, like, a head with this fucking TV show that I used to watch as a kid that I was obsessed with, but I knew, I knew as a kid that it was a bad fucking TV show. It was Destroy, Build, Destroy. I remember watching that TV show, and I was just like, oh my god, this is in, in fucking insane. That these motherfuckers are like trying to, trying to, <laughs> trying to like, you know, have this fucking, have this fucking TV show or these TV series about like, that are live action on a cartoon network. It's just like, I don't know. And then they, oh my God. And then dude, what would happen? Why Cartoon Network? Why? And it's, I mean, as I'm talking about Cartoon Network, it's just like, like it just got fucking obliterated. Jesus fucking Christ. But the point that I was trying to reference with like Cartoon Network and it not doing things that it's like known for doing in reference to the NFL is, um, I don't know. I forgot. <laughs> I got really distracted. Again, I have the mind of a gerbil. I don't, I don't know what I was referencing, but it was probably some good shit. Again, I was it's fucking, I get distracted very easily, but Back to the Green Bay Packers. It, like, oh, I, what was I talking about? I was, like, mentioning the Jets and how they're just not a very good football team and how they're a sham and things of that nature. I'm trying to, like, backtrack to, like, where what I was talking about. Quentin Williams. He had... He's getting, like, half a sack a game. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. I apologize. Green Bay's bad. Green Bay's terrible. They needed, they need, 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 need a number one guy. And it looks like Odell's just not, not even, according to the report that we read, like, earlier on. Odell is just not interested or not even having Aaron as, like, a quarterback. Or Tom at this point. And I don't, th and I think he's right. I think Odell is right in the sense of, Neither one of those two guys is going to help him win another Super Bowl. I think the Chiefs and I think the Bills. And to be honest with you, if the Cowboys came and knocking, 
there would be another team that he could potentially go to that could give him another like edge or another like an advantage. By the way, oh my god, I'm watching God man. I'm watching this basketball game, Phoenix at Dallas, or Dallas at Phoenix. Dallas just fucking choked a fucking 22-point lead against the Phoenix Suns tonight. It's 100-101. to 101. It is insanity. In fucking sanity. That Dallas just fucking clutched, not clutched out, but choked out this fucking game. I was just like, there's no fucking way on this planet that Dallas loses this game. And then the fucking Phoenix Suns just battled back for like the last 10 to 15 minutes. I'm like, oh my God. I cannot believe this just happened. Well, Dallas is such a fucking shit show. And it's again, it's like exactly, it's exactly what I talked about last season with the Dallas Mavericks where I was just like, it's just essentially Luka Doncic and that's just it. If Luka doesn't pop off or does anything, then the fucking Mavericks are just irrelevant. How many points does he have? He has 30 points again. Oh, Christian Wood at the very least is giving him 25. So there you go. There's something. All right. Um. Anyways. I'm going to finish this off here. 49ers at Falcons. I've kind of known that the 49ers, the 49ers are a bit of a joke, right? The 49ers can't win with Jimmy Garoppolo long-term, but they certainly can't win without him short-term, right? As evident by Trey Lance losing opening day against the Chicago Bears, which is a bit of a joke to me. And by the way, like, it's so weird to see 49er fans turn on Kyle Shanahan when, when it's just like, you, you do understand, like, it's not Jimmy that's winning you football games. It's Kyle Shanahan. If you didn't have Kyle Shanahan, you would... 1,000% be a shitty football team and not be able to win any football games. But, you know, hey, if they want to fire one of the better offensive minds in pro football, then sure, go ahead and do that. Please and thank you. God, man. Dallas is such a shit show. The Suns just dropped a fucking heater on top of them. Dropped another fucking uh, tray on them. That's insane. It's like 104 to 100. They were up by one point, and then they dropped the tray. I was like, oh, my God. It's so annoying. But, yeah, the uh, the 49ers, they, ironically enough, against Kyle Shanahan's former team in Atlanta, just got their butts rolled 14 at 28. Oh, my God. And it's just, uh, like, look, the 49ers, have needed a quarterback for years. They have not gotten a quarterback. I don't think they have one with Trey Lance. I don't think they have one with Jimmy Garoppolo. They tried to offload him. Quote, unquote. I don't think they tried that hard, but... I I mean... What's the record? I, I don't think the 49ers are relevant either. I don't care what the record is. I don't think they're relevant. Like, they have Debo. They have all of the... They have all these players, but all of their players, by the way, are now getting hurt, by the way which is not very good whatsoever long-term, especially when it comes to, like, trying to be able to win football games. But, Jesus freaking Christ, the Atlanta Falcons are just... Not the Atlanta Falcons, but the 49ers are just a disaster. And then the Atlanta Falcons, like, it's like, you guys... You guys should not be winning football games. You should be losing them to try and get, like, a better position in the draft so that way you can go out and get players that can help you 
because um, you're like, I don't think that this lasts for a long time. I think you run into a meat grinder, whether that's against Tampa again, even though they almost beat Tampa, ironically enough, or uh, they're going to go up against the NFC West. So potentially the Rams, but we'll see. See what happens. Hold on. What's going on? Luka Doncic is pissed off at the refs because the refs just, I think, teed up Luka Doncic in the fucking clutch. There's like one minute, 38 seconds left. And they just fucking teed him up for like waving goodbye to people. I'm like, are you people fucking serious? Is every single fucking referee crew just an absolute fucking shit show? Are you serious? Insane to me. How fucking shitty people can be. Not how shitty people can be, but how shitty professional officials, professional professional referees can be. I'm like, wow. People are fucking garbage. Speaking of fucking garbage. Wow, 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 wow. Buccaneers versus the Steelers was just... I mean... I'm rubbing my forehead right now with my eyes closed, just like thinking about it because I'm just so annoyed with how badly the Buccaneers played. Not in reference to like my game day picks, not in reference to like my my overall record, but it's just like I expect more from Tom and I expect more from the Buccaneers. And I think that this, I think that this is the end for Tom. And I said so as much yesterday and I'll say it again. I think this is just age and the team catching up. He doesn't have a good offensive line. And he's just 45 years old. At some point, this was bound to happen. You hate that it happens in his final season. But here it is. And I don't just say that based off of this game. I say this off of, for example, the Packers game. I say this off of the Cowboys game and even the Saints game. Where I get it, he's had historical bad games against the Saints, but it, when he's been a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, but to me, it's it is a bit absurd that he goes up against the fucking Saints and he still cannot beat them, or even the Steelers game. And the reason why I referenced the Cowboys game was, and is it's just like yes, like he beat the Cowboys. Yes, he he played average against the Cowboys though. They scored nineteen points. The Cowboys offense, once again, I have to say it once again, was terrible. And I'm watching that game like live and I'm like, Dak Prescott has a 48% completion percentage, which is like unheard of type of bad. It's like inevitably Dak Prescott will recover because of just like how bad he, he played. It's like, there's literally no way up, no way to go, but up. But it's just like, dude, like I like, I'm not worried about Tom Brady in like the traditional sense. I'm more along the lines like worried about, I'm not worried about Tom Brady because like Tom, Tom's legacy will last forever, obviously. But I'm just like, I think the Bucks, they're going to go to the playoffs. I think they're going to win their division. But I think that's it. I think that's it. I don't think that they're going to be anything but a, a first or a second round knockout, if you want my honest opinion about it. And I fucking hate, I fucking hate rooting against Tom Brady. I hate picking against Tom Brady. It feels weird. feels terrible, but 
I don't know how he wins any football games, if I'm, like, completely honest with you this year. I don't know how he can, like, win enough football games against better football teams. Like, if the, if the Cowboys and the Bucks play again, I don't know how he beats them. I don't know how he beats the Cowboys. I, I don't. But um, even though, I mean, like the Steelers, they beat Tom, not just without Kenny Pickett, but they beat him without like TJ Watt, man. Like Kenny Pickett left the game, Mitchell Trubisky entered, like I think TJ Watt is still hurt. I don't know for how long he is though, but it's just like, I don't know how they're going to have success long term at this point i i really don't and it begs the question if you're tampa kind of like what do you do after this season because you obviously are going to need a quarterback because the only reason why yeah i'll say it the only reason why you fucking won a super bowl two years ago was because tom brady was on the fucking team and then it's like they're gonna have to pay Devin white i think this offseason and Probably Tristan Wirfs in the next season. Is this his second year or is this third year? This is third year. So you're going to have to pay Devin White and Tristan Wirfs potentially this offseason. They don't have the money. We'll see what happens. Bengals Saints went about as uh, well for the Saints as you would expect for two players that had a tremendous amount of... I love that Joe Burrow wore Jamar Chase. I thought it was his old jersey, but it was Jamar Chase's. I don't know how he got it. He wore Jamar Chase's LSU national title jersey to the stadium as he pulled up to the stadium. Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I don't care what it's called. But the Mercedes-Benz Stadium is where Joe Burrow and the LSU Tigers, go Tigers, won the natty back in 2019. And he's just like, let me uh, let me, let me remind you who's, uh, whose stadium it is. Let me remind you who, what I'm, Wow. I like look away for like a couple of seconds from the game and it's 105, 105. Potentially about to go into overtime. I'm like, okay. Going back to the Bengals and the Saints. But it, again, it's like the Bengals, they beat the crap out of the Saints, uh, kind of, but they also got the crap beaten out of them. I think Logan Wilson got hurt, one of their studs. Joe Burrow looked like Joe Burrow. He was 28 of 37 for 300 yards and three touchdowns. And Jamar Chase had an awesome game. He was seven. He, he caught seven balls, 132 yards, two touchdowns. I'm like, oh, this is the Jamar Chase that I know and love and really should have appeared, made more appearances over the course of the season. But Zach Taylor sucks. So there you go. Good job by Joe. Good job for the Bengals. Patriots at Browns. I don't know what's going on with the Patriots. Patriots, I cannot make it heads or tails of at all. Patriots, like, one week will just be fucking absolutely terrible, but then they'll shut out the the Lions, who, like, scored 40 points the week prior to, like, Seattle, and then they'll go into Cleveland and score almost 40 points again. It's Cleveland! And then they'll, like, completely and utterly shut down Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. They're like, yeah, you're just... <laughs> you're not going to beat us with those two guys at all. Ever. Just shut those two guys down. And they beat the crap out of the Browns for four straight quarters. 38-15 to 15 was the final score. It was a bit embarrassing for the Cleveland Browns, who were on the fringe of being like a playoff team 
for like I think a couple of weeks, and now I don't I don't think they are definitively. Also, another embarrassing story came out about the Cleveland Browns and their horrible quarterback and Deshaun Watson in the sense of he has another sexual assault lawsuit once again and um after the NFL suspended him so that's awesome again they should have waited for the legal proceedings to happen but hey you know it is what it is Jags at Colts by the way the Phoenix Suns won Luca tried to pop up a three it didn't go in that was fine it's like help send help to Luca please and thank you get somebody what a fucking fadeaway jumper by the fucking Suns. I don't even know who's that, who that is. What was it, 10 or 20 just hit this, like, fadeaway jumper and with a hand in his fucking face. And he just said, it's Lee. I don't know who Lee is. I don't care who he is. Just fucking hit the game winner and just ice out the fucking Mavs. Anyways, Jags at Colts. Jags have been playing fantastic football. And really, Trevor played an awesome game. But somehow, some way, the Jacksonville Jaguars that I thought would appear over the last like five, six weeks appeared on Sunday against the Jags. And Matt Ryan was fucking awesome. And he just found his groove and he found his rhythm. And they threw it like 60 times and he had three touchdowns. And they said, fuck it. Um, we'll win the game. And Matt Ryan, it was like shades of old. It was like shades of like Matty Ice. In Atlanta with like Julio Jones, I was like, oh, like this is the potential like Hall of Famer that everybody knows and loves. Michael Pittman Jr. popped off for 134 yards on 13 receptions. He was awesome. And um, Jacksonville needs to do some needs needs some work. And I, I I've been saying this like I haven't. I know I haven't been saying this, but I'll say it here. I'll say it here in the sense of like, look. We're approaching week eight. We're about halfway through the season in about a week. A little bit under. And there has been very, very little consistency from the top end of the NFL. The teams that I would consider the top end of the NFL. Which is a huge fucking problem. Because we're getting to the point where the game's mean significantly more like some of the games in September and even in October really didn't matter that much in the long and the short of the NFL but the later the season goes on the more and more these games matter in regards to like placement and regards to whether or not your team can even qualify for the playoffs your divisional um, standings and even for the draft like these games are super super fucking important you can't lose games anymore you have to start winning and in the case of teams like Tampa Bay and Green Bay, it's like they've both they're both three and three this regular season. And it's just like I don't remember a time where I was like this uncertain about Tom Brady or Aaron going to the playoffs and like seasons where they are just not hurt. And I'm just like, I don't understand why they just I don't understand why they're losing games. But we're going to have like some pretty fucking awkward and weird playoff games where you may see teams, in my opinion, that are overrated and shouldn't... Like, you could see the Giants in the playoffs. And I'm just like, the Giants, to me, are over... I, I get it. They're 5-1, and one, things of that nature. They have good wins on their record. 
I just I just don't think that they are a good or even a great football team. I don't think so at this point. I think teams have underestimated them and they've capitalized off of it. I'm sticking my guns on this. I just I haven't seen impressive football by them all year long. Like look at their wins. Their wins aren't like these it's it's not like these wins are wins where they've done something smart or clever or intelligent or intelligent, excuse me. It's always like holy fucking shit. This team has made a tremendous miscalculation, a tremendous misplay and the Giants either semi-capitalize uh, semi on it or, or they just like, or, or it's just too big of a mistake that it's just like, it doesn't even matter if the Giants capitalize on it. It's just like the other team has just given up the game. Like it's one of these weird, weird situations with the Giants and other teams like it. But yes, like you'll have teams like the Bucks, like the Packers, in my opinion, teams like the Jags that really should be winning more games that haven't. And it could potentially throw their playoff aspirations in jeopardy. So, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We talked a little bit about the Ravens and the Giants, but yeah, like the Ravens and the Giants is essentially like, the Ravens and the Giants is like essentially a game where it's it's the Packers. It's like Ravens should have won it. Ravens didn't. It is what it is. So. <sighs> Anyways, I'm piecing out for tonight. I won't see you tomorrow because um, I always take my Thursdays and Mondays off. But I will see you back on Friday for game day for game day predictions and then Saturday yes midnight Taylor Swift's newest album is coming out that oh my god my weekend is going to be so much fun oh my god formula 1 is back once again took a week off i think it's back for the rest of the year let me like google it hold on the only thing that sucks is that formula 1 has a uh, as like it's Grand Prix now, or Grand Prix, literally, literally, um, right when football is, so, that, uh, that fucking sucks, hold on, okay, all right, boom, all right, there we go, what is it, sir, sir thing, they have the United States Grand Prix, and then they go until, oh yeah, they're going to have like a, it looks like a two week vacay. Oh no, not even a vacay. They're going to have the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix or Grand Prix on November 18th and 20, uh, through the 20th. And then they're going to have the pro championship, the esports one. I love that they have an esports series and it's like actually super important as well. But they're going to have that on December. But yeah, the season is over with in like literally a month. I'm going to be... So incredibly sad. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to be so sad when it ends. But hey, you know, it'll end. Anyways, I'm peacing out for tonight. I'll see you tomorrow. Or no, not tomorrow. I'll see you Friday. Game day predictions, weekend predictions. And also, um, and also, what else? I'm tired. Midnight's.
I'm super tired. I don't know if you can tell. Anyways, I'll see you tomorrow. Again, I said the exact same thing. Not tomorrow. I'll see you Friday. 24th podcast.